0: And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast.
1: Hello and good evening, everybody, and just want to welcome one and all to our Thursday night. Usually, it's a Bible study, but tonight is definitely going to be a special night where we are inviting our regular listeners and also those who are participating in the 21 day prayer and fasting. My name is Sister Michelle, and I'm going to lead us out in a word of prayer shortly, and then you will hear a scripture reading from Sister Kathleen, which will have the theme scripture, and then you will be hearing sister cometh with a song of meditation the judgment seat hymn 416 amen so let us begin with prayer sorry and after that you will be hearing from pastor williams who will be giving us the charge for tonight praise the lord let us pray heavenly father We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. We just want to thank you and glorify you for how awesome you've been to us throughout this day. You've kept us. You've protected us. You've sustained us. You've provided for us. You've given us the Holy Spirit to guide us throughout all of our different um, errands that we were doing today. And as we come before you this evening, lifting up your holy and awesome and magnificent name, we just ask for a thorough cleansing. Holy Spirit, go and wash each one of us on the prayer line. And those who are trying to come on, make a way, Lord. Open up the technical lines. Open up the phone lines. However they're trying to connect, let it be clear so your children can come on and be blessed and be encouraged through your word. I give you all the glory. Glory, honor, and praise for doing that. And I lay before you, Pastor William, at this time, I ask that you will pour out a special anointing upon him from the crown of his head to the tip of his toes. Let every word that proceeds out of his mouth be filled with holy boldness, that when it goes to the ears of your children, Lord, it will do something. It will stir them. There will be conviction. There will be repentance, Lord, in the name and the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You are the King of kings. You are the all glory. Father in heaven, so touch your manservant now, I pray thee, and prepare him for this word. I give you all the glory, honor, and all the praise in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. I also want to add that we will be having a short QA after the word of encouragement. So we're now going to um, have a scripture reading by Sister. Kathleen, praise God.
2: Our well, scripture reading today is Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and
3: 7. Heavenly Father, please.
2: And I saw
1: an angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting
3: gospel preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a
1: loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and
2: earth and the sea and the fountains of the waters. Here is the reading of God's the judgment is near. The books have been told. And How shall we stand in that great day when every thought and word and act on the right? How shall we stand in that great day? How shall we stand in that great day? Shall we be found before anyone? For with our sins all walk away. The work has begun done with those who are sleeping. Soon will the living the be tried out of the book of
4: If is
2: how shall we stand? In that
1: Praise God. Praise the Lord, sister. Cometh for that special music, the judgment seat. And now we will be turning it over to Pastor Williams. Pastor Williams, please remember to press star, star to unmute your phone. Press star, star to unmute your phone, please.
4: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome you to the Blood to Christ ministry, a ministry that has been ordained by God. I thank you for the opportunity to serve you in the capacity of giving you the charge tonight. We want to thank the staff, Brother P, for the opportunity to stand in the gateway tonight. And we hope and pray that God has a word for each one of us. In lieu of the fact what we have witnessed on yesterday, uh, for the benefit of those who are present uh, for the first time tonight, we all witnessed a woman from the UK who had over 400 demons in her. We were all on the phone. We heard it audibly. We heard every word that came out of her mouth. And through the authority of the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, through Brother P, uh, she was able to talk to him. The demons was able to talk to him, recognizing through her own voice how many demons that she had. She started out with 400, and it listened into perhaps 200. Then she said she had 100, and all the way to 35, As the word of God was preached and as the prayer was going forth through the prayer warriors and those that witnessed this event, uh, the, the, the spirit of the Lord was able to completely deliver her, deliver her from the hands of the enemy. So that being said, I come up with a subject matter that this topic will uh, emanate from the need to have power and divine fire in our spiritual life. And my prayer this evening, my friend, is that God should open up our eyes to understand the deep things of God. If I had a thought tonight, it would be entitled brokenness. What we witnessed on yesterday, this requires brokenness. This requires a broken. Contract spirit. And tonight I want to talk about this uh in in a special way where we can understand what God requires for us in this topic. Father, I pray now that run William decrease, that your Holy Ghost may increase, that the power be not of man, but of God. Speak, O oh Lord, and we will listen. Speak. And we shall obey. In Jesus' name, we pray. Just want to let you know, brother, pre, I uh, pray that we have some uh, members of our congregation on the line tonight as a amen corner. So we thank God for them tuning in tonight. I would like to focus your attention to Psalms 51, verse 17. As Psalm 51, verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contract heart. Oh, God, thou wilt not despise. The question tonight is, what does it mean that God will not despise a broken spirit and contract heart? The answer, my friend, is found in Psalm 51. And we know that Psalm 51 was written by King David after he committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband killed to cover his own sin. It has been said of David that he sinned big, but repented bigger. He is a model to us tonight of what real heart repentance looks like. He wrote this psalm as an agonized cry to God for forgiveness. Notice he says, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart. God will not despise. The meaning, the meaning of this is connected with the verse just before it. Look at verse 16. You did not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You did not talk or take pleasure in burnt offerings. David here, my friend, is stating that there is nothing we can offer God to appease him. When we have sinned, more animal sacrifice were not, were not what God was looking for. God desires for each one of us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, during this 21-day fast of prayer, true repentance. Many people miss this truth. Rather than repent, they try to clean up their acts, giving more, praying more, or busy themselves in other religious activities in the hope that God would finally get over being mad at them. But in Psalm 51, David is saying that God wants none of that. External religious activities cannot replace internal heartfelt contrition. Notice, my friend, in Psalm 51, verse 17, it points out the one thing God does more than any other, and that is brokenness. Over our own sins When we agree with God About how bad our sin is We take the first step Toward reconciliation With him As long as we try to justify Excuse Or rationalize The evil of our own heart We will never find our way Back into God's presence Notice my friends Repentance is the doorway To freedom Satan knows this. Yes, he does. And he does everything he can to distract us from doing what is necessary. He suggests things that our nature, our selfish nature like to hear. Things like, your sin wasn't that bad compared to others. You okay. God has forgotten already. Don't no need to confess it. When we listen to the devil lie, we veer away from the doorway to freedom and remain in bondage. That's why many people still in bondage. Many people in the church cannot pray, cannot clap their hands, cannot shout to God, cannot sing to God, cannot worship God, cannot pray to God, cannot pray to God, cannot, to God, cannot stand before God because they are bound in burden. We may feel remorse or regret. But neither is a sufficient substitute for true repentance. They remind us, my friends, my friends, that the only path to forgiveness is the broken heart and the humble spirit. When we throw ourselves on the mercy of God, he delights uh, to lift us up. When we openly acknowledge our sin against God, turn from it, and cry out for cleanseness, God promises. He will, he will hear us. Notice, my friend, I tell you the to be broken is the beginning of a personal spiritual revival. Listen to me carefully. to be broken is the beginning of a personal spiritual revival. The day your life begins to experience brokenness, that day your spiritual life begins to revive many people don't want to be broken so without brokenness there can be no real spiritual power in the life of any Christian brokenness is painful and sometimes humiliating it is humiliating to tell your spouse that you have committed adultery against them it's humiliating when you have stolen from somebody and tell them you stole it's humiliating, my friend. Well you confess your sins to someone hoping that they will forgive you, but because of their sinfulness and because of their heart of their heart, they will not forgive. Brokenness is painful and sometimes humiliating, but it's the only way there is no shortcut to spiritual power, that part of us which always justify itself that has That it has done something right. That part of us, which is always standing for its right, that part of us, which is seeking its own glory instead of that of God, must admit that it is wrong. It must give up its own glory. God must take all the glory, always. This means, my friends, that all the selfish attitudes must die. When something is broken, the value of that thing will immediately decline. The truth of the matter is this, my friends. God only uses broken things. God uses broken people. Broken people help broken people. Hurt people hurt people. That is the only thing that he is interested in. Look at your Christian life tonight. Don't you see that it is often self that has been trying to live the Christian life. It is self who tries. The one that is supposed to be dead is still living and trying to serve God, trying to serve God in self, trying to serve God in the natural realm. It is impossible. It is self that gets angry. It is self that gets envious. It is self that gets resentful. It is self that gets critical. What can a dead man do? He said, cast them out in the name of Jesus Christ. So the powerlessness. Listen to me carefully. So the power, the powerlessness of all Christians, the powerlessness of all Christians can be blamed on their level of brokenness. I better say that again. The powerlessness of all Christians. It be blamed on their level of brokenness. I would like to close with seven reasons. I hope I can get them all in. I move it quickly. I would like to talk. Leave with seven reasons why we should be broken. First of all, brokenness is allowing a free access for the Holy Spirit in every area of our lives. Free access. If you said, I want to use your education, hand it over to the Lord. I want to use your strength, give it to the Lord. I want to use your talent, give it to the Lord. The Holy Spirit must have access to every area of your life. You cannot decide for the Holy Spirit. You cannot say to the Holy Spirit, this is where I want you to go in my life. This is what we call unbrokenness, holiness. It is to let God and allow God to be in control. Brokenness is to say, Yes, Lord, no matter what He is asking you and I to do, no matter how difficult that is, brokenness. Number two, brokenness is when you have been terribly insulted and really wrong and you have to go and apologize. You see, my friends, broken people do not make or keep malice. They do not absorb resentment. You got people still mad at their spouse. Go to bed, man. Wake up, man. Don't speak to each other. Go to August school instead of Sabbath school. All the the way to church, then have the audacity to tell somebody else happy Sabbath. You got people, married couples, who don't even want to speak to each other. They get in the bed, his face turning one way, her face turning another way. Every time his butt touched her butt, she scoot over, he scoot over. And both of them about to fall out the bed. Resentment, malice, malice. They know that there is only a slight difference between sanity and insanity. I mean spiritual insanity. So brokenness is when you have been terribly insulted and really wrong, and you, the one, have to go and apologize. Thirdly, brokenness is to be completely divorced from self. All the enemy does is to locate those areas of your life that are not broken and size at it at an error. Of injury That's all he does But when you are broken The way God wants you to be broken People will look for a way To annoy you They will complain What kind of person is this He never seems to get annoyed He does not fight with anybody What sort of person is this Even when you offend him Or her He does not respond Ladies and gentlemen This is brokenness. The fourth reason why we should be broken. Brokenness is to be completely empty of pride. Everything that is called pride in us must be pulled down. All of it. Why? Because a proud person is as useless to God as cosmetic on a corpse. Fifthly, brokenness is for the world to lose its hold upon your life. People won't invite you to their worldly parties. They will not allow you to come into their worldly circles. Worldliness is complete losing its hope upon you. It doesn't fascinate you. You are not interested in it. Your focus has been changed and your life has been revived. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said, "If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new." To some people, they don't want you to be around. They don't want you to 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 to, um, uh, to go to their gathering. To some people, now employment means ability to eat anything, anytime they want it. The world thinks that to board aircraft and travel where they want to be, able to buy clothes that shine in the dark, ability to watch TV, to set for hours, hard and lusting after the opposite set in the room, ability to drink alcohol. This is what people call enjoyment. It would be reversed. When you are dead, to worldliness. So number five, brokenness is for the world to lose its hold upon your life. Sixthly, brokenness is to be sacrificed on the altar of God. If you saw anybody doing the work of God, and is easily offended in an unhappy. He lacks brokenness. Let me say that again. If you saw anybody doing the work of God and is easily offended and unhappy, he lacks brokenness. Ladies and gentlemen, when you don't have peace, something is wrong with you. That is not the spirit of God. God has given us peace, peace in the midst of storms. Peace when trouble comes our way. Peace when we lose a loved one. Peace. When you say you have peace and you all been out of shape when trouble comes, something is wrong with your Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. When Jesus was on aboard with the with the with the disciples and the storm began to rage, the, the disciples were scared to death. What was Jesus? of the boat, sleep. God gives us peace in the midst of storms. God gives us peace during the coronavirus. God gives us peace not fear. Hallelujah. If you saw anybody that is easily offended and unhappy, he lacks brokenness. When you're insulted, very easily, when you should be rejoicing, when you demand respect, wanting people to bow down to you, wanting people to call you Madam, Sir, Chief, and must die. If it doesn't die, God would not do anything, anything for us, because we lack a brokenness. Do you know what it means? to be broken. Finally, brokenness is to be completely yielded to God. Are you broken enough for God to commit things into your hands? Why is it that after so many years of being born again, you are still battling with anger, adultery, fornication, malice, unforgiveness, Talkative spirit Something is wrong my friends If you're not careful About the flesh Eventually at the end of the day It will push one into hell's fire I know what it's like To be broken I know what it's like To experience The emptiness The absence of God ladies and gentlemen we must get rid of pride the flesh must be killed we must submit ourselves to God during this 21 day fast. let us surrender to God let us ask him for a Holy Spirit's presence let us ask him to give us power in order for us to exercise the power that you heard Brother P exercise on yesterday, it requires fasting and prayer. We are living in the last days. God is soon to come. The four angels are holding at four corners of the wind, holding back the winds of strife that the people of God may be sealed, the servants of God. Let us hold fast. Let us not forget where we came from. Let us humble ourselves there for the mighty hands of God, that he might exalt us in due time. My prayer tonight is this. Oh, Lord, I want you to break us. I want the self in me to die. Lord, whatever would make you to replace me, remove it from my life right now. Please, Lord, give me, us, the power to walk in the Spirit. Oh, Lord, I pray that you divorce me from every sin of self. And lastly, Lord, break us and mold us according to your will. And finally, fill us with your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen. Lord Jesus, I long to be perfect, perfectly whole. and I want you, I want you forever forever to live in my soul Jesus break down every idol and please cast down all my soul. If you wash me, then I shall be whiter than the snow. I want to be whiter than snow. I want to be whiter. Than the snow, Jesus. If you wash me, then I shall be whiter than the snow. Amen.
1: Amen. Praise God. We praise God for that powerful word tonight from Pastor Williams. You know, repentance is the doorway to freedom. Brokenness equals our spiritual revival. So we praise God. We praise God. So, brethren, that is something we need to contemplate. Even the reading this morning from Steps to Christ was about repentance. And we need to repent. We need to repent. Amen. So I'm going to open up the lines um, for those who may have questions. Pastor Williams, I'm going to ask you to lead out in this. Brother Patrick is on a deliverance call right as we speak, so we definitely have to keep him in prayer. So Pastor Williams, I'm going to ask you to lead out on this session with the Q and A. Praise the Lord. Um, I'll just start off with our first text in. Um, Our first texting question here, Pastor Williams, and it says, does the Bible say anything about not fasting while you're on your cycle, meaning your menstrual cycle? Should I be (laughs) eating something during the time of my cycle? The question is not asking whether or not I can handle going without food while I'm on my cycle, but instead about wanting to know what the Lord says about
4: this. Well, thank you for the question. Um, the only the only scripture um that I can think of that describe or uh give light on a ministerial cycle uh is that the Bible describes it as being on your flowers. And that's somewhere in the old testament. Uh that when you are on your flowers That uh, husband and wife shouldn't come together while you're on your flowers, uh, while you're on your ministerial cycle, ministration cycle, rather. Um, It did not say anything about you couldn't fast or pray uh, on your cycle rather than uh, husband and wife shouldn't touch each other while you're on your Cycle. So to answer your question, there is no scripture that I can think of uh, that uh, talks about you shouldn't fast uh, during your cycle. Because really, uh, you know,
2: um,
4: remember this fast is the fast of the Lord. Uh, there's a lot of sacrifice uh, sacrifices that is attached to that. So, you know, I know oh, you don't wanna wait to after six, seven days or five days before you pray. Uh, none of us do that. Even if you're on your cycle, you get on your knees and pray. You thank God for wake you up this morning. You ask God to to be with you throughout the day while you're on your cycle. So um, I don't think that it is unbiblical uh, to fast and pray uh while you on your I hope that this uh, answers your question.
1: Amen, amen. And I think also what the individual is gearing it towards was also um, because you are losing blood to be able to replenish the nutrients as well, right, so that you can keep your iron up as well. So um, Okay.
4: Well, only a woman would know that. But the thing is, remember, every person fast is different. Everybody's body is different, all right? So you know if your body, if you're anemic or if that particular um, time of the month um, requires you to build up your um, um, strength, um, blood, then I think you should go on a fast with water, juice, so forth and so on. You cannot restrain yourself from uh, nutrients or uh water um uh from uh, if you're if you are lacking um, um you know if you're lacking blood or low blood or whatever so as to each his own every man is persuaded by his or her own mind um And you can fast. I wouldn't go on a 21-day fast. I will start off with three days, two days, one day, and see uh, can your body handle it. And then once you see the difference in your body, then you um, adjust it accordingly to what is necessary to build up your immune system. Thank you.
1: Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, Pastor Williams, for answering that question. We will now open the lines for any questions regarding the message or regarding the 21-day prayer fast. We're just taking questions in regards to those two things, brethren, tonight. So please press star, star to unmute your phone. Just state your name and where you are calling from. Go right ahead, please. Anybody have any questions regarding the fast or regarding the message that was brought to us tonight by Pastor Williams about your brokenness is going to equal your spiritual (laughs) revival? You
4: know, Michelle, one of the, go ahead.
3: I missed the second point. If you can repeat the second point in the brokenness, please.
4: Yes, okay. brokenness is when you have been terribly insulted and really wronged, and you have to go and apologize when you know you haven't done anything wrong. Broken people do not malice. They do not harbor resentment. They know that there is only a slight difference between sanity and insanity. One of the one of the, the the fruits of the flesh. If you will look at Galatians five, you will see the not the fruit but the works of the flesh. Flesh is malice. Malice is when uh, you get into an argument with a spouse or a loved one or a coworker, and you hold that grudge the next day the next day, the next day, then malice is one of the works of the flesh. And when one holds malice, my friends, then brokenness has not been wrought in that person's life. When you know you have done wrong and you can ask for forgiveness, then you know that a change has occurred in your life. For instance, if, 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 I remember one time I was in a situation where um, someone in my household offended me, offended me very, very, very much. And so instead of them coming to me, they brought me what I liked, ties, cologne, and socks. Well, when I got the gift, I handed the gift back. I said, I don't need your gift. I need your apology. So one of the works of the flesh against the fruit of the Spirit is malice, holding grudges. When you know you haven't done nothing wrong, but you take down for peace sake. Let's say you have a spouse have an argument, and you know you haven't done anything wrong. When you can take down for peace sake, the Holy Spirit will, in turn, work on that person's heart because they know you didn't do wrong. But it takes the Spirit of God to break down the flesh to to, to allow you to take the wrong for the right, that it might be peace in your home. Thank you.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Juliet, for that for that uh, for that question, and thank you, Pastor Williams, for reminding us about point number two. Is there anybody else on the line that may have a question about the sermon or about the prayer and
2: fasting? Go ahead. Hi, Sister Michelle, Sister Charlene. I just wanted um, Pastor Williams to repeat the last point, number seven.
4: Yes, ma'am. Thank you for your question tonight. The point in number seven is brokenness is to be completely yielded to God. Brokenness is to be completely yielded to God. You see, when you're broken enough for God, then you commit things into his hand. So if we are broken, why is it that after so many years of being born again, you are still battling with anger? Adultery, fornication, malice, unforgive. One of the hard or talkative spirit. One of the hardest things for a person to do is forgive. Did you not know the Bible said if you forgive men of their trespasses, your heavenly father forgive you of yours? If you forgive men not of their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you of yours. I just can't forgive him. Uh uh-uh. No, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, I can't forgive it. Uh, you know what? Not only that, I can't forget. I forgive it, but I won't forget. Have you ever heard somebody say that? But well, what if God says, "I forgive you, but I won't forget"? You see, one of the things that that cause heaven uh, to be, um, uh, let me put it this way. When when a person refused to forgive, they sin still remains in heaven. Because if you cannot forgive, you cannot be forgiven. And one of the characteristics of Lucifer was he had an unforgiving spirit, proud spirit. And that is one of the one of the characteristics that many Christians hold today. I just can't forgive him. It takes the Spirit of God to forgive a person that has done wrong to you. It takes the Spirit of God that if a person has committed adultery against you to forgive him or her. It takes the Spirit of God. Yes, it might come to your mind, but you have the power to overrule it. And you see, when someone asks for forgiveness, What is happening is God wants to free that person. The person may not even forgive you. But the mere fact that you ask them for forgiveness, it frees you. (laughs) And that's why many Christians today is bound. They're bound because they can't forgive. The person said, please forgive me. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So
4: they bound. So one of the keys of brokenness is when you can forgive the person who truly hurt you and that brokenness is to be completely yield to God that when that feeling of resentment comes when that you know what let me say this when the feeling of resentment or hurt comes that shows that you have been forgiven it shows that God has forgiven you you see, the Satan is the opposite of the truth. When God, when when, when something come in your mind and says, when if God hear my prayer?" If, if something say, I, I, "I don't know if God hear me," then it is the opposite. He does hear you. Otherwise, the devil would be a liar. You see. So when the things come into your mind, um, or something resurrect something that happened to you or that somebody done to you and it is resurrected. It is Satan trying to bring back that old feeling, the old hurts. And in order for him to do that, then the hurt must all that hurt must have been overcome. That hurt, that feeling, God has given you power to forget and to forgive. It is Satan that brings back the past. So let us be broken and forgiven. Otherwise, We will not be forgiven. Thank you.
1: Amen. Amen. And you know what, Pastor Williams, while we're just on that point seven, if you could just briefly go through just the the heading of each point so that those that may have come on midway and didn't catch all the points, if you can just go through those briefly for us again. And I just ask everybody online to please grab your pens and your paper to make a note of what Pastor Williams is about to share with us. Go ahead, Pastor.
4: Yes, ma'am. The seven reasons why we should be broken. Number one, brokenness is allowing a free access of the Holy Spirit in every area, every area of your life. Number two, brokenness is when you have been terribly insulted and really wrong. You have to go and apologize when you have done nothing wrong. That's brokenness. Number three, brokenness is to be completely divorced from self. You take the word self and you turn it around, you get the word flesh. Self is flesh. Three things that we must overcome. The world, the devil, and the flesh. Fourthly, Brokenness is to be completely empty of pride. Everything that is called pride in you must be poured down. Brokenness is to be completely empty of pride. Everything that is called pride in you must be poured down. The Bible says, "Humble thyself in the mighty hands of God, that He might exalt you." In due time, we know that Lucifer had our trouble. I want to be like the Most High. I want to self-my throne above the stars of God. If you take the word S, you take the word I, you take the word N, because it's See sin. Take the word I out, you have no sin. Simply, brokenness is for the world to lose its hold on your life. We must have a distaste for the world. We must not look like the world, act like the world. The Bible says if we are friends of the world, we are enemy to God. If your your co-workers pat you on your back, the worldly co-workers pat you on your back, they agree with everything you say or do, something is wrong with your spirituality. Because the Bible says he that is friend of the world is an enemy to God. Fifthly, brokenness is for the world loses hold on your life where you become peculiar, strange, if it were. And sixth, brokenness is to be sacrificed on the altar of God. And I know that. One thing that I've learned, Sister Michelle and my listening audience tonight, that God cannot stand tears. When I was incarcerated, I cried unto the Lord. I cried unto the Lord. I felt empty. I felt that. I felt like Jesus when he was on the cross and cried, Eli, Eli, I want my that, didn't My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? I felt that he was nowhere around me became Broken, and ladies and gentlemen, until you become, until you become broken, until you become that Christ is not there, that you missing His spirit, that you missing His power, that something is wrong. It's like your prayer going to the ceiling and coming back down. You got to be broken. I used to think that I used to think that 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 a, that a person that is that is deformed or a person that is retarded. Is a person that is deformed. What if, what if, excuse me, a person that is cursed is a person that is deformed. I used to think that a person that is cursed is a person that is handicapped. But what if a person that is cursed is a person that wants to come to Jesus and think. Look up at the people, my friends, have been in the church. Her sermon, the pill has been made, the song has been sung, the spirit of God has moved, and we sit there in our seats as we got iron in our underpants glued to the feet, No tears, no cry, no repentance, no sinning. Let me go there, and the last one, number seven. Brokenness is to be completely yielded to God. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we can be so mean and so hateful and so unforgiving that we no longer feel the presence of God. And that's what the church needs. And that's why I believe that this ministry is very important, the ministry of deliverance. We have the diet. We have the angels. We have the health message. We have Daniel, we have Revelation, but when people come to church that is depressed, upset, upset, forbess, distressed, pastors don't even have no power to even heal a headache. God has given each one of us power deliverance. So it's very necessary that if you are in a church service, Or you're witnessing a church service. The spirit of God is moving. And you no longer have tears to shed. Your heart is no longer broken. You no longer have a contract spirit. You better go back to the altar. Because something is wrong. A lot of people think, as I say, curse is a person that is disformed. But what if a person has new Christ and can't come back to Christ?
1: Thank you. Amen. Amen, brethren. I pray that you got all of those seven points in the name of Jesus. We just have some time for just one more question or um about the fasting, about go ahead. I just yes, I'm go ahead
2: about
1: the fasting. I'm I realized yesterday and like the last three days I've been rejoicing, praying, crying out to God and everything. And then today mm. was you, so, I was so down today. Like I was struggling to, you know, to pray. And, you know, like from, I woke up in the morning, like the enemy just telling me, Barbara, you have how much more days to do? Do you really want to do this? And, you know, it's like a, it's a, a commitment to God. And I'm just, you know, Is this a part of the the fasting? Because this is all new to me as well. I've never fasted like this before. I've fasted like maybe a day and, you know, a couple of hours, but not like 21 days. It's like I'm really going for a struggle today. Well, sister,
4: that means that your fasting is working. That means that your prayers is reaching God. So, therefore, Satan tried trying to throw a curveball discourage you. Why would he do that? Why would he try to discourage you? The only reason why he would try to discourage you is because your prayers have reached (laughs) heaven. So you should be rejoicing. If you have to drink some water, drink it. If you have to make your smoothie, make it. If you have to uh, eat a salad, eat a salad and go right back to your fasting. Don't try to do everything at one time. Don't be discouraged. When you see the aches of, they say, the first three days, you will, it is the most difficult days. But after the third day, you feel better. It only should it encourage you that your prayer and fasting is acceptable to God. Otherwise, the devil couldn't be the devil. He's a what? He's a deceiver. His job is to make you think the opposite. <laughs> He's a liar. He's a liar. So what you do, you continue to press, and if you have to drink something, drink it. The Bible said when you have failed several times, God will deliver you from them all. Just get up, dust your pants off, dust your skirt off, and start over the next day. Continue to pray, continue to fast. Listen, if you don't fast, you won't last. If you don't pray, you won't stay. If you don't read, you will always be in need. God bless you, sister.
1: Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Barbara, for that question. And you know what? I think that may have answered a lot of other people's questions, Pastor Williams, because it is a battle and a march. You know, you have your up days, you have your down days, and and the enemy comes at you hard. He really, really does. But praise God, God has the victory. He is going to take us through this, brethren, and we're going to get through it rejoicing on that mountaintop in Jesus' name. Praise be the name yes, of the Lord.
3: And Sister Sister Michelle, I just want to add, Sister Alicia here, I just want to add to what Pastor Williams just said. You know, when you're doing fasting, as the pastor said, you're going to go through that battle. It's that, it's that sacrificial battle
2: mm-hmm. that the enemy
3: wants you to be weakened so that he can get the victory. But when we remember the love of Jesus Christ, when we remember that kind of love and remember how sweet that love that stayed on the cross for us, we can persevere through that pain through those pain that the enemy tried to distract us, try to to keep us from reaching that goal. It's the fleshly pain, but remember the spiritual gift that we will receive during those fasting mm. during during the time of fasting it is a powerful thing especially when you can lay hands and 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 the holy spirit begins to reveal and speak to you especially when the holy spirit gives you that spirit of discernment and speaking mm. and it takes it takes discipline it takes Giving up everything, and the way for us to do that is to surrender our heart to God because you have to tell him, God, you gotta feed me today with the with the word with the with with everything that is spiritual and bind up you have to tell him to bind up the 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 pain of hunger, the pain of discouragement, mm-hmm. you have to tell him what you need him to do to get you through those fasting days, whether you're fasting three days, four, seven days. You know, I remember the first time I fasted for seven days with no food. And then I remember the days when I fasted for 10 days with no food. And believe me, the first three days, as the pastor said, Pastor William said it, the first three days is painful. It's almost like you were brought into the wilderness and somebody just dropped you off in the wilderness and left you there. And you find yourself in a wrestling match. And it's this wrestling. But when you can center your whole mind upon Jesus Christ, the victory is going to be won. So, you know, I could go on and on and on. I know it's 8 o'clock. We don't want to go over time. But you know, keep on everyone online. That's why we're here to encourage each other because it's not easy. But we have to remember the love of Jesus. And once we remember that love, we can we can say, you know, this is this, God is going to bring me through. He's done it before. Yes. He's going to do it again.
4: Yes, indeed. And you like know, as you said, the results. When when someone calls you and say, I'm sick. And you can say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, loose that pain. And they say, oh, the pain is gone. And then 21 days would have sufficient enough. <laughs> God bless you.
1: Amen. Amen. Praise <laughs> God. Thank you, Sister Alicia. For, for that word of encouragement. We praise God. And thank you, Pastor Williams. We're definitely going to wrap up this session. And before we do our closing word of prayer, just want to remind everybody that we will be back on the prayer line tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. And then we will also reconvene for the Sabbath worship at 9 p.m. And then on Sabbath, please join us via YouTube. Starting at 10.30 for Sabbath School, where we will continue to hear the word of the Lord magnified and glorified, and we will be changed in Jesus' name. So at this time, we are going to close off with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before your presence now. I just want to thank you and exalt you and praise you for all that you have done, Lord. The word says that that your words were found and we did eat them. We ate your words tonight, Lord, and your words were unto us, joy and rejoicing in our hearts. And Father, you are the Lord of hosts. And so we thank you this morning, this evening. And as we have eaten the word, Lord, we know that you will establish a covenant with us. And we will know that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And so we glorify you and we praise you. I pray for all those who are on the line who are praying and fasting for this 21 days. Great Jehovah Jireh be their mighty provider now. Uplift them, uphold them, take away every hunger pain in the name and the blood of Jesus. We bind it so that your children will experience you like they've never experienced you before. Allow them to wake up in the wee hours of the morning to pray and exalt you, to call out unto you, O Lord. Let the tears roll, Lord, as we go into repentance and plead for forgiveness. And let the heavens be opened. And let your Holy Spirit condescend and reveal your truth and your wisdom and your knowledge unto your children. We wait upon you, Lord, and we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. Praise be the name of the Lord. Once again, brethren, I just want to thank you so much for joining us tonight for our word of encouragement. So be blessed as ambassadors of Christ. Please share Jesus with someone. This is Sister Michelle signing off from Button to Christ. What does it take to be free? Have a good night, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at BundttoChrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.